The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Autism One, a conversation of hope with host Terry Aranga. All comments, views, and opinions expressed are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. In the next hour, Terry and her guest illuminate how right now there is more reason than ever for individuals with autism spectrum disorders and their families to have the best hope for the brightest future. Through education and conversation, there is hope. Here's your host, Terry Aranga. Hello, this is Dr. Mary Jo Lang, and I'm sitting in for Terry Aranga today. And we have a very special guest, Tammy Pedersen. Uh, Tammy is Director of Insurance Services for Trumpet Behavioral Health. She, her main focus has been treatment of children, adolescents, and adults with autism spectrum disorder. Tammy has a variety of experience, including California Mandate for Autism Services, SB 9496. Um, uh, she identifies um, and works with transitions with the regional center to, uh, um, I'm sorry, transition from the regional center services to your insurance coverage, coverage what is required for authorization, uh, how, uh, what happens if you get uh, denied a benefit. So these are just a few things that Tammy uh, does, and I'd like to get started right away so that we can benefit from her wonderful experience. I'd like to start out with just a, a comment about how uh, applied behavioral analysis is so important for the treatment of uh, autism. It, it has been validated through multiple research uh, projects. I don't think there's been any question in the recent past about um, whether it is an effective treatment or not. However, this may be uh, news or um, uncertain for insurance companies and people, you have to be prepared to answer those um, questions. Uh, Tammy, some wonderful things have happened relatively recently with insurance coverage. Can you please tell our listeners about Senate, Senate Bill 946 and how it's changed things? Sure. Um, thank you for having me today. Um, I would like to go over just the mandate a little bit and, and what it means and um, some of the changes that it, that it um, helps families with as far as their insurance coverage. Mm-hmm. Um, historically, everything has been covered through the regional centers. Um, and with the passing of the bill, it now requires the insurance companies to cover um, services for ABA. And basically, it just says it needs to be an evidence-based um, type of service, so that would include ABA. Um, it also, it, the great thing to know about it is many states, when they pass their mandate, put lots of limits on age or um, amount of money and lots of limits, and California didn't do that, so that's one of the great things about the mandate here in California. Um, 
one of the, the, the good things about that is there's no limits on the number of hours or dollars or the age of your child. However, it's all centered around medical necessity. So that's a really important couple of words to know. Um, and what that means is they are putting it back on your provider's clinical knowledge to know what's medically necessary. But it also means you want to work with your provider and make sure that they're documenting everything correctly and submitting all the correct documents to the insurance company to show medical necessity. Um, and so that's really important. And we're going to talk about that in detail a little bit as we talk. But oh, I just that, want to make sure that, those two words are known. That's good because I think people get confused about who determines medical necessity. And in this case, um, what it actually means. You know, they... So uh, go on. I'm I'm sure I'm grateful. Sure. Okay. Um, yeah. So those words are really important. And then another important thing to know about uh, the mandate is who can provide the coverage. So they mm-hmm. were great about putting that in the mandate. Um, initially, what you need is to get a prescription, and that needs to be a licensed provider or an MD or a licensed psychologist. A lot of people go to a pediatric um, or a developmental pediatrician. Or you can also get that from a neurologist, but you really need to get that initial diagnosis from a licensed physician. And then after that, for the, for the services, for the ABA, you um, can go to a provider that as a BCBA. So that is a board-certified behavioral analyst um, that does not have a license in California yet. So they have approved, and, you know, historically, they, you know, all the insurance companies, if they did cover it, said it needed to be a licensed provider, and that isn't always the right provider for ABA. So they did open it up to allow the BCBA. Um, there's a couple of levels. There's um, an associate, um, which they call a professional, and there's a paraprofessional level. And so those are just kind of different ranges of degrees. Um, the BCBA does need to oversee the other levels, but... Um, all three levels can provide the direct one-on-one therapy. I have one question. Is uh, when the physician or licensed psychologist is making the diagnosis, uh, do you have to use any special uh, or clinical tool to support that diagnosis? Um, No, they don't. The insurance companies don't specify which one. They do ask which one they use. Um, I haven't seen anything come back where there's a denial or you have to use a certain tool. Um, There is some suggestions by the insurance companies, but they really have put it back on the um, clinical provider to decide which tools to use. Okay. Great. Okay. So um, that clarifies a a lot because... Uh, let me just ask you, does the BCBA have to do the supervision and the consultation? Yes. So they need to, to do the assessment. They have um, to do the assessment? They, yes, the initial assessment and then the supervision of the one-on-one services. And the, and the one-on-one person would be the paraprofessional? Correct. Correct. Or it could be the BCABA level as well. There's okay. some kind of in-between level there. Okay, that would be, uh, that's helpful for people to know because it always hasn't been so that BCBAs uh, provide uh, the supervision, et cetera. Correct. Okay. Correct. So that's huge. It opens it up, uh, especially, you know, providers in California that we don't, the BCBAs don't have a choice to be licensed. So 
it was really putting it on licensed providers who didn't have the training or the background to provide ABA to oversee mm-hmm. something they didn't have a background in. So it's really opened not only for it to be better supervision, but mm-hmm. also the number of people who now can provide the service um, really opens up. So it, it makes a bigger network of providers. That's that's perfect. Can you now discuss what type of insurance plans do consumers have and how the, how this impacts how parents can avail themselves of these benefits? Sure. So there's two governing bodies in California. Um, there's the Department of Managed Healthcare, and then there's also the California Division of Insurance. So those are the two managing bodies. Um, basically, it's they split each, they split the health plans out kind of by the type of plan. Um, so a couple of ways to find out which um, governs your plan. Um, you can go to either one of these websites. It's pretty easy once you get on the website, and it lists the health plans that they govern. Um, you can also ask your HR department, or you can call your insurance company directly. All, there's a few ways to find out. And the reason you want to know that is because um, if you get to the point where you have denials coming from your insurance company mm-hmm. and you've exhausted all your levels of appeals, you can then turn to one of these entities and they will take it on as an independent review for you. And what we found is um, most of the time, I mean, we've seen it pretty much 100% of the time, but it, I would say, you know, 95% of the time, they will overturn that and, and help you with your benefits. So it's really important to know um, just for that reason. I don't think there's any other reasons you want to research, you know, who governs your insurance, but... Um, if you get to the point where you need to do an appeal, that's where you want to know which one of these you would send it to. And each one has kind of a different process for doing that. It's called an independent mm-hmm. medical review. Mm-hmm. And we're actually going to go over that in a little bit of detail So um, let me just uh, repeat this. The first one is the managed care, I'm sorry, what did you Department say? Department of Managed Health Care, which is called DMHC. D-M-H-C. I'm just uh-huh. repeating this sure. for myself and for our listeners. And what is the other one? Is that the insurance? That one is California Division of Insurance, so CDI. C-B-I. Okay. Okay. That's great. Thank you. And that will sure. help people. And do you, I mean, I, I've, um, do you think your HR person yes. would uh, know whether which one they these should. belong yes. to? Okay. Uh, when they originally get the plans, um, all that detail is there for them. I mean, that's not usually distributed out to us when we mm-hmm. get our insurance, but um, your HR person should know that. And a, even a quick call to your insurance, they know who governs their plan. I mm-hmm. found the easiest was to go to each of these websites because they list um, – there's a list there. It's pretty easy to find of, you know, I have Anthem, which one of these does it go under? So it lists your, your specific insurance name. Oh, great. Okay. So uh, um, the next question, uh, Tammy will discuss ways to appeal and, and include cost savings of ABA. Now, we, we discussed a little bit about appeal, but how do we save costs on ABA? Because Traditionally, uh, that has been a costly service. Correct. Um, first, I think what the uh, really important thing that you first want to find out 
is if your plan is fully insured or self-insured. Those are two really important things to know. And the reason those are important is because the fully insured plans are the only ones that have to follow the mandate. Mm-hmm. So um, what that means, but, and an easy way to explain the difference between these two, is a fully insured plan is the insurance company's money. They're, they're handling all the money. So that's why they need to be governed and overseen by the government, um, just so that there's no fraud or anything with your premiums. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. those have a mandate. The other ones are called self-insured, and that means it's your employer's money. They're not using an insurance company to handle it all. So they, it's their own money. They can decide what benefits to include and not to include. So this, to me, is, a, is the biggest key to find out what type of plan you have. And it's a little bit confusing because the self-insured plans will still use insurance companies to administer things like pay the claims or do authorizations because they can't do all all of that administrative work. So Mm -hmm. you could have Cigna and I could have Cigna, but you're fully insured and I'm self-insured. So you're going to have the benefit and you're going to say, hey, I have Cigna. You You probably have the benefit as well. And then I call and find out I don't have it. And that's why, because behind the scenes, I'm with a company that's self-insured, and you're with one that's fully insured and has to follow the mandate, and mine doesn't. So we're going to talk a little bit about what you can do um, if you have a self-insured plan that doesn't cover it. Um, And then I also want to talk about um, the eligibility process and how to find out what you have and what your coverage is. a really good thing to also get when you're researching this is something called a, pl- a summary plan description. And that will tell you in detail what your plan covers. And most of us get kind of that one page, here's your copay, here's what you, you know, what your cost is when you go to the mm-hmm. ER. Just kind of a quick reference behind that and what you need to ask for is your whole summary design. Um, and that will give you more detail than you ever wanted, but it also is where we find the coverage for autism within the words there. So if it ex- um, exclusively excludes it and says specifically no coverage for autism, that's where you're going to find it, and that's where you're going to know this must be a self-insured plan and I need to go that route in my appealing. Well, it- I mean, can they actually deny it? I mean, given the the mandate, the legal mandate, mm-hmm. they, they can, huh? They can if you're self-insured because you're the employer, you're, it's your money. At the beginning of the year, you decide what benefits are going to be allowed and what ones aren't. And that's why if you have a self-insured plan and maybe they aren't even aware of ABA or, or that your family needs it, um, mm-hmm. There's ways that I mean we have sample letters we have um, we have actually a list um, that we've put on our website of all the companies that are self-insured that are choosing to do it because they know it's the right thing and there are mm-hmm. lots and lots of companies who are doing that now even though they're not under the mandate they know it's important for their families to cover it and make their employees happy and. Um, so some of the real big ones like Google and Yahoo and eBay are real are starting to cover ABA even though they're a self-insured plan. And a lot of big employers, it's really smart for them to be self-insured because they can manage all their money, the, the mm-hmm. medical expense. So they they want to be self-insured, um, but at the same time they need to co- do all the coverage that their their families are asking for. So there is ways to appeal that to your employer so that maybe make them aware, you know, we have a couple of families who need ABA, can we add that to our benefits? 
Is there a limit to the benefit? I mean, do they can they say, well, you can have ten thousand dollars? Yes. So if you're self-insured, you can make those rules. So okay. um, if you're fully insured, though, no, you have to follow the mandate, and the mandate's unlimited. And we talked about medical necessity. Um, what I have found is those companies who are self-insured who choose to provide the benefit actually mm-hmm. provide a really great benefit. And um, yeah. the co-pays are low, and there and there isn't a lot of limits on it. So I haven't seen that be an issue for the for the companies who decide to add it. Well, can you just mention co-pays because that seems to be um, a huge question that families have because sometimes they have higher co-pays and it's. It's very difficult that for them mm-hmm. to meet the copay, mm-hmm. definitely. And, and so I, I, I know, um, I know you were planning to talk about that probably sure. somewhere down the line. No, but, but I just thought it, it fit here because I, when you're when um, you're signing up for your insurance, you should really think about your copay. Absolutely. Because because yeah. it could be $5 or it could be $25. Right, and I've seen even some that are 50 and then they're like after a $2,000 deductible is met first. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you could get to the, you know, depending on how, you know, how much service your child needs, you may never even hit that deductible first. So it really will be out of your pocket, you know. Mm-hmm. So you want to make sure and do that research, and that brings us, you know, that's a good segue to eligibility and that process of eligibility and finding out okay. what your benefits are. Um, well, it sounds like we uh, we are at our 20-minute break point. Okay. So um, I would like to thank uh, our sponsor today, which is, let's see, oh, Humpback Dairies uh, of Miller, Missouri. Thank you, and they are providers of delicious, healthful camel's milk, a whole food. Uh, Thank you very much, and I will be back on the air as soon as the break is over. Thank you. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. The Mayan calendar tells us that we will be entering into a 260-day opportunity for us to engage in conscious co-creation with great spirit. How will we prepare ourselves for this exciting and unprecedented time in Earth's history? Peter Tong has dedicated over 20 years of his life's work to exploring that which is beyond understanding. Peter will help increase your awareness and education on this enlightening transformation in consciousness. Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation airs live Wednesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. In the spirit of Have Couch, Will Travel, Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time. Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Your life, your health, your network. 
You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga. If you have a question or comment, call us toll-free at 866-472-5792. Now back to the program. Here's Terry. Hi, this is Dr. Mary Lang, and I'm sitting in for Terry Aranga today. And we're very fortunate to have uh, Tammy Pedersen, who is Director of Insurance Services for Trumpet Behavioral Health. And I, I'd like to pick up where Tammy left off, and we're going to be discussing eligibility. Tammy? Yeah, so the eligibility process is basically the process that you're going to call your insurance company to find out what benefits you have for ABA um, or even autism in general because there's some other things that could be covered like speech and OT or nutritional services. So um, first of all, you I'm going to kind of go through the process of, of the call that you would make to your insurance company, um, but I want you to know, and we can talk about this at the end, that there is places like TBH and other places that can help you with this process because it's Unfortunately, it sounds very easy to that I'm just going to call my insurance company and find out what benefits I have, but because this is so new to the insurance companies as well, they may not even know what you're talking about. They may not have ever heard the word ABA or they don't know um, where autism is covered within your benefits. So I'm going to go through lots of things that you want to make sure and get while you're on the phone call, um, and then we'll also talk about how people can help you do this as well. Um, but the most important thing when you get started is to ask who you're talking to because we want to document everything that on the call. And the reason for that is what we've seen is even though you get some information on the phone, when you get your claim goes through, it, it could deny because of all this is being so new on the insurance side. So if you have some documentation, who you talked to, what happened, you can use that in the appeal process for your claim. So important to get that. Um, who you're talking to, a lot of, most of the time, they'll have an ID number for the call, so ask for that, too. Um, just like we mentioned, you want to find out, is this self-insured or is it fully insured? So the insurance um, person on the line should easily be able to see that for you, for your plan, and tell you, yes, it's self-insured and fully insured, and that's going to trigger you to know, if I'm fully insured, then I'm under the mandate and I'm going to have some benefits. If you hear the word self-insured, you're going to not know for sure which way your employer decided to go. So those are just some keywords for you to ask. Um, make sure you find out when your policy is effective. You may think it started 1-1, but you want to make sure that that's what they have in the system. Um, you're going to specifically ask, and I, I usually ask this right away in the phone call, I'm calling for ABA benefits for autism because most of the time it's covered under your mental health benefits and not your medical. So you want to make sure you're on the medical side of your insurance company's benefits. So, uh, so I would say that side, right away. Right? It should be under medical side, not mental health side, right? No, mental, opposite. Mental health side, not your medical. Oh, I'm sorry. That's no problem. Okay, so they, so... Yeah, they, usually ABA is all under the behavioral health or mental health side of your benefits. So when you call the number on the back of your card, sometimes it'll say for mental health, call this number, but usually there's one number. So when you first call, you want to say, I'm calling for behavioral health benefits. Can you get me to that place? 
because you don't want to start with somebody, waste your time, and then they say, oh, that's under behavioral health, so let me transfer you. So mm-hmm. say up front, I'm, I need behavioral health. I'm looking for ABA benefits for autism. Um, so you, what you're going to ask for is specifically, is ABA covered? But also ask things like, what else is covered under my autism benefits? Is speech? Is physical therapy? Is there any nutritional services covered? Um, if so, if I do have the benefit, what's my deductible? That's a huge thing to know. Like, like we just said, a lot of plans are moving to very huge deductibles. Sometimes they'll set up your plan, especially if you're self-insured, that you don't have to meet that deductible first before you start your therapy. Um, most of them say, yes, you do. So you want to know how much is my deductible and how much have I met so far? Because your deductible applies to everything you do, your whole medical side and everything. So you could have met it if you had a surgery or something like that. Um, You could have already met your deductible. So ask, how much of it have I met so far? Because they can see that. Um, If I, you know, if I do have a deductible, do I have to meet that before I have my copay? Um, So that's important. So ask that. So then they're going to tell you if you have a copay or you have a coinsurance. Those are two different things. Your copay is a, is a hard dollar amount. Like let's say it's twenty dollars per visit, fifteen dollars per visit. It's very cut and dry. If you have a coinsurance, that means you're going to pay a percentage. So that's that could be a lot. So it's a little confusing to figure out how much your percentage is going to be because you don't know how much is billed. Mm-hmm. Um, but is is this the point where you ask because you could have ABA services, let's say three hours a day. Mm-hmm. Every mm-hmm. every hour, do you have to? Is that another copay it's, or no, percentage? No, it should be per day. It's per it's, day. Usually yeah, it per should day. be. But but definitely ask that question because I have seen plans that have been weird and it's it's per unit or something. But mm-hmm. in general, it's usually per day, even okay. though you're going to be there several hours. Um, One thing to keep in mind there is if you had two different things happen that day, let's say you had some speech in the morning and then you had some ABA, that may pull two copays because your speech and your OT usually go to your medical side and then your ABA is going to go to your behavioral health side. So that might pull a different copay. And if that happens, you might want to just schedule differently with your provider and just say, Mm -hmm. hey, I can't do two copays a day, so can we do speech you know, twice a week and then ABA the rest of the time. Like you can figure out with your provider if it's going to do that, kind of schedule around it or schedule differently so that you're not paying so much in a day. Okay. And in terms of copays, I've heard that the regional center, at least in Orange County, will help with copays. Do you know anything about Mm -hmm. that? Um, Unfortunately, every single regional center is making their own rules around that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's not consistent, but definitely please check with your regional centers. Uh-huh. Um, some of them are doing it on needs base, so it would be by income, and some of them aren't. So they're just saying, if you bill us your copay, we'll we'll cover that for you. And even us as TBH have set up billing directly with the regional centers on the copay piece. And so we'll bill that directly once we get paid from insurance. We see what your copay is. We'll send you know the regional centers work with us, and we'll send them the mm-hmm. bill for your copay and then they cover that. So definitely ask your regional center about covering your copay. Okay. That's um, great. So just to go back to the um, cost share, 
So let's say your plan says, yes, you have ABA and you have to pay, it's going to be an 80-20. Your insurance is going to pay 80 and you have to pay 20%. From there, you need to um, either have the insurance company will help you with this. Ask them, what's the contracted rate for um, ABA services? So let's, you know, just make it simple and let's say it's $100. You know that you're going to have to pay $20 every time. But but if it's like a thousand dollars, then you're you know, going to pay two hundred. So you want to know how much is the contracted rate for ABA services, and usually it's a little easier to work with your provider to find that out because they know how much you know each insurance company reimburses them, and what you're paying is a percentage of what they get paid, not what they get what they bill. So those are two different things. So ah, okay, um, that's a very which yeah. is. That's very, so, very important. Yeah. So what happens is is a provider sets up a fee schedule. Basically, they go over their costs and what um, the services are worth and how much they have to pay their staff and all those things. And they come up with a fee schedule. And it, the easiest way to for them is to bill everybody the same fee schedule. So they're going to send it to Anthem and Cigna and everybody because they've established what their services are worth. So... But then, then they do a contract with Cigna, Aetna, and United Healthcare, and each one of those contact, contracts are going to pay them a different amount, unfortunately. So you've got to negotiate a contract. Cigna might pay you more than United Healthcare, or whatever happens. Um, then you just know as a provider, well, I have to write off the rest of that. But the, but the consumer, the parent, only pays a percent of that contracted rate. Which the provider knows and the insurance company knows, but I want to make sure parents know that. You're only paying a percent of what that contracted rate that they've negotiated. So it isn't as high as the billed amount, which you might see on your bill. Yeah. Is this um, like when I've called in the past and tried to verify insurance uh, either for myself or for a client, the term I hear is usual and customary. Mm Mm-hmm. And then I and then I say, well, okay, what is usual and customary? Yeah. And then they go, yeah. well, we don't know. <laughs> well, that that example that you just said happens if you are going to a provider that's not contracted. So it's to me, it's really important in a huge, um, you know, less out of pocket expense if you find an in network provider with your insurance. Because then they're contracted to only, you're only going to pay that contracted amount. If you're going to somebody who's not contracted with the insurance, the insurance has no um, say in how much they bill. So that's where there's that ceiling of usual and customary that kicks in. Just so that, you know, a provider doesn't bill a million dollars, there is a ceiling there even if you're not contracted. But it's usually high. So mm-hmm. what you want to find is someone who's a couple reasons why is that reason because you only want to pay part of your contracted rate, but the other reason is is you have very different benefits in and out of network usually. So usually out of network you have a higher deductible and you have a higher percentage. It's usually like fifty fifty or you know mm-hmm. a, a different percent. So it makes a huge difference in you, difference in your out of pocket expense to go to an in network provider. And not only that, the in-network provider has to follow all those rules the insurance has set up, which sometimes we don't like, but they're they're there for a reason. And and so they're going to ask, you know, how's the treatment plan growing? What are the outcomes? They're going to ask all those things that 
you're asking as well, but now the provider has to do it for the insurance company, so they're making sure they do it. And they're, mm-hmm. and they're documenting everything correctly and getting all the right things to the insurance company. Um, so to me, it, it just is a better relationship with, you know, what's going on in the autism world. And they may say it has to be a licensed provider. So that kind of throws a little wrench in there, especially in California, mm-hmm. because your BCBA is not licensed. So mm-hmm. ask who, who has to provide the assessment. That's good to know. Um, how long is my assessment approved for? So sometimes the insurance companies will do kind of a standardized um, four hours of assessment and then four hours of report writing because mm-hmm. in the assessment, most of the time is is writing it up. And, and so they'll kind of separate that out in the, in the off so that your provider knows how much can be direct and how much they can spend on report writing. Mm-hmm. So ask, that that should be clear, how long can my assessment be? Um, when is the next assessment due? So most of the insurance companies set up a time. Is it six months? Is it a year? I've seen insurance companies who ask for it monthly. You want to know what does your insurance require? When is my reassessment due? And this is where you can be a huge help to your provider and maybe set a tickler for your own self and say, well, I know it's due in six months, so I'm going to put something in my calendar a couple of weeks before that and just make sure they're getting it there. Um, the providers should have their own. They they have lots of software that does this for us. So we have our own internal, you know, flagging each child of when it's due. But it's really good as a parent if you know that date as well and, and can help with that reminder. Um, you want to know what codes are allowed. Um, and the codes are really important. And this is another thing that your provider is doing, but this is something that you should know as well. Because your codes and your authorization need to match the codes that they did in their contract in order for the claim to pay cleanly. By codes, do you mean CPT codes? Yes. Okay. Yes. I don't. I'm not sure our listeners may know the definition sure. of CPT. Sure. And what that means is Medicare actually sets up codes for everything that's done in the medical world, and unfortunately, they have not made a CPT code yet for autism. So it's in the process and takes years, apparently. Um, so there isn't a standardized code. So it's, this makes it a little confusing in the, in the claim payment world because they're used to having codes. So what happens is you're, if your provider's an in-network provider, they've established a contract with the insurance company and it has the codes in there. So you're, of course, not going to know what those are. But you want to ask your provider, what, are you billing the codes that are in your contract for this just so it pays correctly? So it's a good um, education on the parent side to just know to ask that question. Because what I've seen a lot is somebody in the insurance side, the person who's doing your authorization is very different, can be across the country from somebody who's paying your claim. So you want your authorization to, to match what the contract is that you've been set up to be paid. So I just kind of throw this out there as a question that you want to ask your provider. Is this authorization matching the contract that you have so that we can get our claims paid correctly? And that should be something your, your provider is doing, but, but make sure you're asked. And it's new to the provider world in autism as well because they haven't worked with insurance for very long. Mm-hmm. So what we're finding is that authorization really needs to match because there isn't code set up. You want to make sure that the person doing the authorization uses the same language as the claims people so that it all kind of smoothly goes. 
Mm. Wow. Okay. Um, so, uh, my, my, you have on your website uh, some of this information because you have given you're in the process of giving us tons of really necessary <laughs> yes. and important yes. information and I'm not sure everybody's going to remember. Uh, we have an insurance line. Um, it's insurance at tbh.com. And so if you run into these things as you're working with your provider or let's say you got a claim denial and you think, I remember Tammy said something about this, but I don't remember what she said, um, you can always just email that insurance at TBH and I'll be happy to help you through it or talk with your provider. And, and we, the, it's good because of the provider world in autism, we're all going through the same things and we help each other and, and there's lots of um, claim denials going on. So... Everything that I'm talking about today is trying to prevent the amount of denials that we're getting. And I think it's as we start learning these things and um, working together with, with the parents knowing and the providers knowing, then, I mean, the less and less denials we're going to get in the end and get everything paid. Um, is this, I know this is a, um, this is a general question. Uh-huh. Um, under the Affordable Health Care Act, um, I, who knows when that will really go right. into effect, but is this going to change or how do you know if, if ha, I'm, I'm sure you've read all 900 and... Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I and haven't memorized. every word, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, all I you know, know is that um, it's... Something will be included, <laughs> is what I'm being told. Um, I would think that hopefully it will change because we'll be ironing out all these things I'm talking about um, mm-hmm. and making it better. So I think if there well, is a change, it will be for the better it, because we've all, you know, seen, it yes, sounds we like have a mandate and we're excited, but, we, you know, here's we, the kinks. I think we have to take a break. Okay. And um, and we'll be back as soon as possible. In the meantime, I'd like to thank again Humpback Dairies of Miller, Missouri, providers of delicious, healthful camel's milk, a whole food. Humpback Dairies can be reached at 417-848-7570. Thank you very much. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. Explore the power of natural healing with Howard Strauss. Join us each week for an informative program that will help you learn effective healing methods using natural remedies. Howard's guests include top researchers, authors, and experts who will share their views on a variety of natural products and healing methods that really work. Tune in to The Power of Natural Healing with Howard Strauss, Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. The show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Every weekend, take some time out of your schedule for new reflections featuring Dr. Adam Rubenstein. It's a show about all things aesthetic. 
From skin care to plastic surgery, health and beauty, you'll learn about the aesthetic products and procedures to embrace or avoid. Each show will feature live, virtual, interactive consultations that you'll be able to follow along with and featured guests from the world of beauty and aesthetics. Listen Saturdays at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, for new reflections with Dr. Adam Rubenstein on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga. If you have a question or comment, call us toll free at 866-472-5792. Now back to the program. Here's Terry. Hi, this is Dr. Mary Jo Lang, and I'm sitting in for Terry Aranga, and I have the pleasure of um, interviewing Tammy Pedersen, who is Director of Insurance Services at Trumpet Behavioral Health. Uh, welcome, welcome back, Tammy, and um, let's continue our discussion uh, where we left off and cover other areas that you feel are critical to parents with autism. Sure. So what we covered right before the break was we were talking about um, what you need to know when you're getting your authorization. So we talked about the assessment piece, and I kind of wanted to also um, go over the other two pieces of of your authorization, which would be supervision and direct. So with supervision, it's kind of the same thing. You want to find out from your insurance company who can provide it. Um, And like I said, some of the self-insured plans um, even say direct therapy and supervision and everything has to be with a licensed provider, which in our world we know that's probably not um, possible. <laughs> so you want to find out um, it doesn't have to be a licensed provider. It can be the BCBA and the paraprofessional level who can do it. Um, also, the same thing like with an assessment, you want to know how many hours you've been approved for. So what the insurance companies will do will kind of split that out. You have this much time during the week for direct therapy, and it has to include this many hours for supervision. So it's just good for you to know that so that you know as you're taking your child to services that enough supervision is being provided or maybe not too much because you know it's going to get denied. So you want to just know how many hours have been approved for your supervision. Um, Another little caveat within supervision and we're finding with insurance companies is they don't understand that supervision has to be provided on the same day as direct services. So they're coming from a medical model where, like, you and I will go to our doctor and we'll see the nurse and we maybe get our blood drawn and then we have an x-ray and we have all these things. But in the medical world, behind the scenes, that's all billed under the doctor, he doesn't, all those people don't have separate bills. It's all billed into the doctor. They've given him enough money to cover all those things. Well, in autism world, they haven't figured that out yet. And so, one, they haven't given enough reimbursement to cover supervision and direct services on the same day. And sometimes they'll send a contract, a standard contract that they've taken language from the medical side that says, we're only going to pay one person during that day. Well, that doesn't work in our model. So your provider hopefully knew to not allow that, but also, and and really it's not going to hurt you. It's going to hurt your provider because they're not going to get paid for those two things in that day. Um, But overall, it hurts the autism reimbursement and us being able to provide services. So 
um, just ask that question. Can we do both on the same day? Have you worked that out and with the insurance company? Um, if not, they may bring you and do supervision on a separate day or just understand that they may have to work around some of those things until insurance companies come around and, and understand what we do. Um, can I just can, ask sure. one quick question? In California, the way uh, it's run is you get you have your one-on-one service, you have supervision, and then you have consultation with the parent. Mm-hmm. Where, where does that fit in in this model with insurance companies? Kind of the same thing. You want to make sure that it's included in your authorization. Most It's good because most of the insurance companies expect that you're going to bring in the family and work with the parents. And, in fact, some of them require it, which I think mm. is good. That is um, good. Yeah. So they, when they require it, they obviously reimburse for it. So, um, yeah, you want to know what's in your um, authorization and does it include some parent time and parent training and parent involvement and um, how much of that uh, time that we were approved is parent training time and, and family time. So, um, yes, that's important. And it's usually um, something that they're looking for in the treatment plans that are, are submitted to them. So um, you should be asking that. And most providers are aware of it and, and also feel it's important. So, um, yes, it that should be in there as well as um, the direct therapy and supervision. Thank you very much for answering. I'm sorry I interrupted you. Oh, perfect. Ask anything. Um, so the the third thing was the direct services. So kind of the same thing. Who can provide it is important, and how many hours? Um, I just kind of quickly mentioned treatment plan with your question there. Um, this again is not something that parents need to stress about. <laughs> um, it's really your provider that needs to know what's required by your insurance company. Um, they need to know specifically if you have, let's say, United Healthcare. What forms are required? When, when should I turn them in? How, you know, which forms do I turn in when? Um, what needs to be included in? And, and a lot of times, the insurance companies are very clear on which forms they want you to use. They say how often. They ask for goals and measurable objectives and outcomes. And they want to know, you know, the baseline and all those clinical details that are really important. Um, and the reason is, is they're paying for this service. So they want to know what's the progress, what has happened. And you can't just say it's going great. You know, you have to be able to mm-hmm. document everything that's going on. And I've seen examples of, you know, fan, you know, a provider taking a child to the park or to the school or or to the store to learn social skills and all those things that are important. But if they don't, if they say we went to the park, the insurance company is going to say, well, why the heck did you go to the park? You know, you need to know, you need to tell them all the great things that happened there and the reasons you went and the outcomes and be able to show that going back to those big words, medical necessity, you need to show why it was important to go to the store and to the park. Um, and be able to document that so that you get as much as you can out of your benefits. So I would even suggest going over the treatment plan with your provider before they submit it and look at all the things that they're putting in there. And, um, of course, you don't have a clinical background, or, but you know, you know what the progress has been with your child. So 
So you may be a huge help to say, well, remember that or remember you helped with that and just get as much detail in there as you can um, to the insurance company so that next time they're doing an authorization, you may get more hours or more supervision or more of what you need for your child. So, well. That's really important to know because uh, one of the problems that I see uh, periodically is that there isn't enough detail and the goals aren't measurable. Sure. Uh, and so uh, families run into a lot of difficulty um, because because of that. And they think they're measurable, but... Right. When somebody else reads them, they're not. Right. And actually, most of the big plans have made it, I'm not going to say easy, but they've made it where their forms ask all those things. So as much as a provider doesn't want to fill out a big, huge thing, um, they're probably capturing all that anyway Mm -hmm. and all their notes and all the things that they're doing. They just need to relay it. So if, if you're using the forms that the insurance companies give you, you should be covered on on making sure you're providing everything. Um, and it's also a good tool to see maybe you're not. Maybe you're not remembering to write certain things down in the file or look for certain things. And next time we need to know, you know, for United Healthcare, they're going to ask this, this, and this. So let's make sure we're, we're documenting all that. And what we've done is we've taken all the documents from all the insurance companies and made kind of a master treatment plan mm-hmm. um, so that – we know it doesn't matter which insurance company we're talking to. We're probably over-covering ourselves, but mm-hmm. we'll have it ready there and, and, and ready if they're going to ask it. Um, so that's a good idea to talk with your provider about and just say, you know, what tool do you use to make sure you're, you're getting all the outcomes to the insurance company or all the data that they're asking for? Okay, perfect. Um, I think there were a few other things that you wanted to cover. I'm not sure how much, quite how much time we have left, okay. but at least I'd like to touch on them. Yeah, let me quickly. I just wanted to circle back um, to the regional centers mm-hmm. um, and just kind of talk about, you know, the regional centers are now considered um, the funding source of last resort. So they're, uh, I'm sure they already have, you know, notified you, you need to go find out, what your insurance covers, and um, before you can continue services here. So I think it's gotten to that point now with all the regional centers where they've required that. Mm -hmm. Um, So basically what I wanted to talk about there is um, as we were talking about eligibility and what's covered, um, you may have gotten to the point where let's say you have a self-insured plan, you know you don't have the coverage, it's very clear, it's excluded in your plan, um, the regional center is going to ask you for some documentation. So make sure you ask your insurance company, okay, I understand I don't have it, but I need something that shows the regional center I don't have it so that I can continue services there at the regional center. So ask for that denial letter. They don't automatically shoot one out to you. Um, so you're going to know that you need that for the regional center. So they'll do that for you. You just need to ask them and say, I need a denial letter, something showing I do not have this benefit. Um, well, well, it sounds like we're, we're out of time. Okay. And so this is such a complex area. I would like to have you back on again sure. um, and, and help maybe get into, I don't know, some 
You've you've been very specific, but I know that parents are going to have a lot of questions. Absolutely. So yeah. We can go into I, you know we can kind of break this out and go into detail. Okay. Uh, on each of the areas as much as we need to, or maybe if people can submit their questions to insurance at TBH, then I can kind of center it around questions and and make sure we're answering everything. Okay. Thank you very much, Tammy. I really appreciate it. It's been a wonderful hour with you. Um, I'd like to thank now again Humpback Dairies of Miller, Missouri, providers of delicious, helpful camel's milk, a whole food. Humpback Dairies can be reached at 417-848-7570. Thank you again, Tammy, and I'm looking forward to talking to you again. Sure. I don't know if we have a quick second, but I was just going to say yep. if you go to tbh.com, there's an eligibility form there, and we can help you find out your eligibility with your insurance. So use that tool as well. Okay. Uh, thank you. You want to repeat that again just so everybody can write that down? Sure. It's www.tbh.com, and click on the insurance tab, and there will be an electronic eligibility form. You just let us know your insurance information. And we will call your insurance company free of charge, no matter if you use TBH or not, and just help you with your uh, finding out what your benefits are. Thank you again very much, and I look forward to talking to you again in the future. Your information is absolutely invaluable. I appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Autism One, a conversation of hope. To contact Terry or get more information, visit AutismOne.org. Tune in next Tuesday for another hour of education and conversation on Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.